Welcome to Unwanted Guests, the podcast that teaches you about insects and other pests that may join you in and around your home. It's brought to you by Texas A&M AgriLife Extension and the Texas A&M Department of Entomology. We're your hosts, Wizzy Brown, Robert Puckett, Molly Keck, and Janet Hurley. So this week on Unwanted Guests, we are going to be talking about pantry beetles, and we are thinking that as you're cooking the meals for the upcoming holidays and whatnot, that you might be digging into the back of your pantry to find that random, I don't know, box of stovetop or those French onion thingies or whatever. And you might discover something that you don't necessarily want or even knew that you had. So there's a lot of different types of pantry pests. So in this episode, we're going to focus on beetles. And then we're going to do another one where we're going to talk about the different kinds of stored product moths. So if you're interested in hearing the moth one, then you can tune in to the other episode. So on beetles, like I said, there's, there's a bunch of them. Um, what, what kind have you guys dealt with? I mean, usually when I get them, the most common that I get is drugstore and cigarette beetles. Yeah, I would say those two or sawtooth grain beetle too. Agreed. Yeah. And all of these beetles are, that we've mentioned so far, are kind of a reddish brown color. Um, you can kind of tell the drugstore and cigarette beetles from the other ones because they're more of an oval shape and their head is actually deflected down. So you can't really see their head when you look at it from above. The sawtooth grain beetles are more of an elongated shape and they're flattened. And if you have good eyesight or you have a hand lens or something, you can actually look at the forex, which is the section behind the head. And it has these little jagged teeth-like projections on it, which is where it gets its name, the sawtooth grain beetle. You know, I occasionally get flower beetles and, you know, we have red and confused flower beetles. Those ones are going to be, they pretty much look like the sawtooth grain beetle, but they don't have the uh, projections on the thorax there. And I think probably the other one that I sometimes get, but not very often are the rice weevils and rice weevils are going to be, um, since they're a weevil, they have an elongated snout and their mouth parts are at the end of that. So it kind of looks like an elephant's trunk coming off of the front of the beetle. And they're going to be kind of a grayish, brownish, blackish color. And then with rice weevils, they a lot of times have four light spots on their wings that you can see. And, you know, depending on what beetles you're dealing with, you really need to kind of figure out where it is. So, I mean, when you're talking to people about this, does, does, are you one of those that it's like, I need to know what type of beetle this is, or, um, are you just like a, well, whatever, you know, it's, it's a beetle kind of like whatever, but I I do want to know if it's a weevil or sometimes I'll get, um, I don't know if y'all do the pea or the bean weevils, um, which usually go after black eyed peas and people will notice those when they have their black eyed peas in the bags and they decide to cook them for new year's and they'll see these little holes in them. But if, if I, so 
if you kind of break them out by how they feed, so there's internal feeders, which develop inside of the whole grain and ruin the nutritional value and taste of it, which would be the, those two weevils. Then you can tell people, okay, you're looking for a whole grain, a corn. Um, maybe it's your popcorn, maybe it's uh, deer corn or look through your rice, but you don't have to open up your cereals and other things versus the ones that are external feeders <clears throat> that kind of like it where the seed coat is broken and that the grain has been processed. And if it's that guy, then we got to look at everything, you know, anything that has any little bit of grain or dog food or seeds or anything like that, they might be after. So I think for knowing what it is, for that reason alone is probably more important than just knowing what it is. Yeah. I, I would agree that it's more about, um, tracking down where they might be coming from than necessarily control because, you know, I, I kind of tell people the same thing when I'm telling them to manage these, which, you know, kind of leads me to the next question. You know, if someone does find beetles when they're rooting around in the pantry or whatnot, what do they do? Get rid of that box of whatever, <laughs> unless you would like to kindly donate it to a, a, an entomologist, but it, it all needs to go. I mean, and don't just look at food products. Maybe you've got dog biscuits and forgot about them and they're in the back end of the pantry. I mean, in some cases, sometimes you've got to take everything out to find the one thing that got shoved behind something else, and that could be the culprit. Because three-fourths with any of these beetles is you've got to find the source of what's making them reproduce. And then I've get rid of it. I've always heard that banks have a problem with beetles. They'll call every now and then and, and say, I've got these little beetles on our teller's desks. What could they be? And you ask them, well, do you have dog treats that you give to the dogs in the, in the drive-thru? Yes. And they're beef. So yeah, if you think about it, pet food does not really get the same um, inspections or you know uh, rules that the FDA puts on human quality food. So there, that stuff's definitely older, and maybe it had some insects in it when it was being stored. You know, a number of different things. But I, I always tell people, look at that dog food and that cat food. If you have a Chihuahua, don't buy dog food packages for a Rottweiler by the smaller amounts. Cause otherwise you're always going to be battling insects or, and if you want to know what stored products pests look like, go to a feed store. Cause they're always there. Yeah. I always, um, see stuff kind of flittering around in the pet food aisles at various stores. If they don't sweep out from underneath the, the, or the shelves on a regular basis. Cause you always have those little scraps and that goes for your house too. I mean, if you have, um, like I will store my dog food out in the garage and I have them in sealed trash can bins, but you know, the, my, my kid, when he feeds the dog, sometimes he, he will spill or, you know, the dogs are out there with him and they get excited. And so they knock something and then something goes underneath a shelf and that's all it takes to start a problem actually beginning to become an infestation is having, you know, a couple pieces of food crammed in the back underneath a shelf that you don't know about. And, you know, there you go. So, I mean, that kind of leads me to the next thing in that these may not, I mean, I know we call them pantry pests, but it doesn't mean 
that they're only going to be in the pantry. They can be in other areas of the house. Where, where's the weirdest that you guys have found something? Um, in the stuff that you use to pour down your toilet for your septic or down your sink, like to help get the roots out of septic systems, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but if, do you guys know what I'm talking about? And I guess it, you mean like the enzymes? It the- may, and I guess the matrix that it's in has some grain or something in it, but but that's one of the weirdest ones I've I've found. And then somebody once told me a pest management professional said on the battery where the battery kind of exploded and the acid was coming out, they were feeding on that, which sounds insane to me because I you think it would burn them up. That's bananas. And that's no. Nothing that weird. You, you topped Mission us. accomplished. I remember I went, this was years and years ago. And I had a person call me about these, the beetles. They, they're, they're like, they're all over the house. I don't know where they're coming from. And I'm like, okay, how can you have a pantry pest all over the house? And, you know, she's like, they're not in the pantry. They're like coming out of the ceilings and the light fixtures and they're everywhere. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, these are probably plaster beetles which is a completely different type of insect. They feed on like mold and fungus and stuff. But I went out to the house and I'm digging around in the pantry and she had saved some of the beetles for me and they were flower beetles. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. And I ended up crawling up in the woman's attic after I had talked to her and she said that she had had rodent problems previously and that she had you know, somebody come out and take care of this rodent problem. And when I went up into the attic, somebody had taken the rodent bait and just chunked it, which you're not allowed to do at all anymore. Everything has to be in a bait station. And if you think about a rodent bait, what they're doing is they are putting that rodenticide in something that the rodents want to eat. And in this case, there was grain in there. And these beetles were all over it. And since it was in the attic, they essentially had access to the whole entire house. And so, you know, once we got rid of that old rodent bait and cleaned up that stuff, the problem went away and it was, but it was just crazy. It was like, you know, this can't be a pantry pest all over your house. You know, the other one that I, I typically find is, um, the, the rice that people put in um, like things for doorstops or for the heating pack things or whatever. I even have some that are in um, like windowsill, like air blocker things. And that rice can have rice weevils in it. And so if you have them coming out in a bedroom or some like weird place like that, you know, look for natural supplements or heating pads or medications of some sort, or sometimes cosmetics. And they can be coming out of those type of areas as well. And they will get into, like Molly said, with the, with the battery, which is completely bonkers, they can get into areas and be coming from sources that you don't necessarily expect. I had a, and this was my own personal infestation, It was in a a bottle of cayenne pepper and I had, you know, drugstore beetles coming out of that, like nobody's business. And everybody's like, oh, they're not going to eat that. And I'm like, they're living in it. 
Okay. That's a little Peppers bizarre. And spices, I think always surprise people because you think they'd be repellent, but at least in my pantry, the spices are the oldest foods I have. They're not something you go through very often. They sit there for six months, if not more sometimes. So it smells good to them. And obviously, you know, they're, they're not going to be picky. Foods. And then have you ever got I mean, the drugstore beetles? All right. Well, the drugstore Go beetles ahead. are called drugstore beetles because they like, um, prescriptive drugs and things. Well, and that how they got their name because they were a big problem in pharmacies. Yes. And the cigarette beetles, if you are a person, well, obviously who smokes or does something with tobacco, or just, if you aren't storing that in a certain way, then they can, or if get you're into that, like so. my husband who just collects cigars for some reason, but doesn't actually smoke them, then you can get them in that too. There you go. So I guess there, there is a reason to buy a humidor. Maybe would that keep them out? I guess I don't if it's know. sealed tight enough, but I mean, they're little, they'll find a way. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons you're supposed to keep stuff like that in a humidor is supposed to help keep that stabilized. What we've been telling everyone is these particular pests know no boundaries. If it's got a food base, something that can go bad. Yeah, if it's plant based on a lot of these, they're they're on it, and that could go for um, which this isn't really a problem anymore. But I remember in the what early '80s when potpourri was like a big thing to have in your house, and there were like bowls of it sitting everywhere, which is essentially dried up plant matter. Um, you know, they'd be coming out of that, but you can get them dried flowers and you know, just all sorts of stuff. Anything that is plant-based can certainly have an issue. So this kind of leads me into the next thing. So how do they come into the house? Like, where do they appear from? This is one of those things that I get asked all the time. It's like, well, how did they get in here? I I don't understand. Well, I mean, the obvious is if it's coming in a in something in a parcel, that's one way. But I mean, I'm, I was just thinking of, of carpet beetles that do migrate in or something else. I mean, then it's windows, doors, ceilings, attics. So this is one of those that inspecting what you're bringing into the house is always a good idea. You know, we mentioned about pet food and stuff like that. So when you go into the store and you see the, you know, bargain bin type items that are getting ready to expire or something like that, you know, if you want to purchase those, that's fine, but you need to use them in a timely manner. And you also want to make sure that you're inspecting things before you bring them into the house. So you're not bringing in anything that's already infested and, you know, like Molly mentioned earlier, you know, don't buy large quantities unless you're going to utilize those quickly. And you also have to be concerned about how you're storing things. You also need to look at um, like debris that might build up. I know I have my baking stuff in a cabinet and, you know, there's, that bag of flour always has a little bit of flour that kind of leaks out of it. And that kind of builds up in the cracks in that cabinet. And so you need to go in there and clean that out and, you know, maybe take some sealant of some sort 
and kind of seal that crack so stuff can't get down in there. So it's really important to pay attention to what you're doing. And, you know, something else, people might be traveling over the holidays. So what about if they are leaving and they're going somewhere for a couple of weeks, what can they do to make sure that they don't have a huge pantry pest problem when they come home? Because I have had that happen to me before. <laughs> Put your food that you think they're going to go after in the freezer or in the refrigerator, store it somewhere where they can't get to it and smell it as well, or put it in Tupperware containers too. I think also if you're not, if it's older than two months old, consider doing that. If you're going to be gone for a long period of time, because it's the older the stuff is, the better it smells to them. All right. And then Janet, you talked about earlier about getting rid of the beetles that you find in your pantry. So somebody is going through their pantry, they find something that's infested with beetles of some sort, you know, do they stop there? Is it like, oh, okay, well here, here's the source. Let me throw this away. Or do they need to continue? Need to continue. Most people don't realize that that spring and fall cleaning should also go into what's, what are your food products and what's stored everywhere? Because again, they can crawl. Where is your pantry? What's located next to it if there's something else that they can crawl to because it's just a matter of fact but yes I would definitely make sure I'm checking my crackers my uh, pastas you know I'm trying to think of all the things that would be you know my um hot chocolate mix sorry (laughs) visually but I mean again these pests don't need a a large food source. And again, it's just one opening. Yeah, I had hot chocolate back, you know, in March. And I probably won't have hot chocolate again until maybe December. Well, between March and December, a lot can happen in a little packet. And that's a a lot of things in your cupboards. Right. And these insects, you know, they, they don't need to have a continuous source of food. They are capable of kind of going into a diapause stage and resting until something appears for them. What about stuff that isn't open yet? Do people need to check that? Typically not. I mean, if it's still in its sealed um, cellophane plastic, whatever you want to call it inside a box, and it's still all sealed, typically not. But I mean, when you open it, I always check, you know, before I pour it in the pot or whatever, to make sure that there's nothing odd. I disagree, though. I've had them where they've chewed through like a um, cardboard container of breadcrumbs, chewed in to get in there because that container was old. It hadn't been open. It was still sealed up, but it was old. And so it had kind of gone bad a little bit, even though air hadn't gotten to it, but I think they can still get into sealed containers, maybe not really thick plastic or something like that, but they've got mouth parts. If they can chew through, you know, a a thing of rice, then they can certainly chew a hole in your cardboard. So then what about pesticides? Do we need to use pesticides to control the pantry beetles? Like if we take everything out of the pantry, 
<clears throat> excuse me, and we throw away anything that's infested, you know, do I need to spray pesticides in my kitchen? Is there a concern about spraying pesticides around food products? How, how would we manage that? Don't do it. Don't spray. Don't most pesticides are going to be on the label, say not to be used around food handling areas or where food is stored. So, I mean, the, the best way to control pantry pests is find ground zero. What is that food source that they are just covered in and feeding on and then look through everything else also. And if they're infesting that, throw that food away, it's probably not going to taste that good to you anyway. Um, but get rid of it and, and throw it outside. You know, don't just, I guess, don't just set it on the counter and wait later to throw it out. But usually you don't have to use pesticides. And if you do feel like that you, you need to clean things, then just uh, a Clorox wipe or, you know, whatever other wipe just to get those little crumbs that may have fallen in those cracks and crevices on your solid pantry shelves. That little morsel of food is Thanksgiving feast for those little tiny bugs. So you have to get rid of all possible food sources, vacuuming, caulking, sealing, and wiping things down. Have you guys ever had people that want to keep the food, um, even if it is infested? So they want other options other than throwing it away because they don't want yes. to throw food Usually away. Usually it's little old ladies or something that just don't want to go to the grocery store or, you know, buy another thing of flour or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a, the cereal that your kids eat and you don't really care if they eat the bugs, but you care if you do. And so if that's the case, um, you could either heat or cold treat them. I recommend cold treating because you generally aren't going to ruin the food accidentally that way, but stick it in the freezer. And I say for, you know, three to five days, if you can go a week, that's probably even better. It should kill all the life stages in that food. And then you can pick out the, uh, you know, bugs that you see in there. And, you know, if they're in there, if they're in that food, you're probably, you're eating food, you're eating insects every single day of your life and not realizing it also. Um, and then heat treat is very low heat, 200 degrees for Wizzy. You probably know this for 30 minutes or so. I just am always worried that I'm going to make my food go bad, you know, depending on what the food is. So be smart about it. Don't put chocolate in there. Don't put popcorn in there. You know, it's obviously going to melt or pop and, and ruin. Yeah. We're talking like flour or cornmeal or, you know, something like that, that if you heat it at that low temperature, it's really not going to do anything to affect it. The other thing that we probably need to mention is that there are uh, traps that you can purchase for various types of pantry pests. And that is, while it's a, a great monitoring tool and it can trap and contain some of the population, it's not going to get rid of the problem for you if you just hang up the traps. Essentially, you should use those to tell if you have a problem or kind of tracking down where your hot spots are in the house. Um, so pheromone traps, the way that they work, it's essentially going to be a, a chemical smell that is given off and they usually mimic chemicals that are released by the females to attract males for mating. And so that's part of the problem. You're only going to be attracting part of the population. And in that case, you're not even trapping the population that is capable of laying eggs and creating more of a pest population. So that's going to be an issue. So 
while you can certainly buy the traps for, you know, pantry pests, you need to make sure that you're buying the correct one for the insect that you have. And you need to not think that it's going to completely eliminate your problem because it's not going now, to. Do they, is do there they any, make, they make a pheromone traps for beetles, right? Not just, I know they make them for moths, but I, I didn't realize yes. they made them for beetles. Can you get those at, can you get them at yeah, they do. Home Depot or do you need to probably go? I don't think that you can get those at the big box stores, but you could probably get them online. I remember I, I used to work, um, when I worked at, for a pest control company, I monitored a very large, um, grocery store warehouse where they would distribute from to the grocery stores from this place. And I monitored for different types of stored product pests. And, you know, when you are handling these, uh, pheromone chemical packets. It, it is a pesticide and it can absorb into your skin. So you want to make sure that you are wearing protective equipment. So put on some gloves, which, you know, I was dumb and didn't do that when I was <laughs> doing this. And after a while, I would start having them come to my hands because I was touching the pheromones with my hands. And so they would smell it and they would come and I was just like, this is gross. And so then I was like, oh, I need to change what I'm doing because I am not doing things the way that I should, but yes, they do have them for beetles. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of unwanted guests. Pantry pests can be frustrating to track down, but thorough inspection can help eliminate the problem without using pesticides. For more information, go to extensionentomology.tamu.edu. We'll catch you next time.